Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3am. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week, we take a look at a tale of true crime. Stay tuned for a story of affairs, murders, and Mexican prisons. Without further ado, let's get down to the business. This week's topic is Killer Sharon Kinney. Sharon Elizabeth Hall was born on November 30th, 1939, in Independence, Missouri. After moving to Washington State for a bit, she and her family returned to Missouri when Sharon was 15. In the summer of 1956, 16-year-old Sharon Hall met 22-year-old James Kinney at a church function. The pair dated for a while before James returned to his university in the fall. Not long after his return, the man received a letter from Sharon informing him that she was pregnant with his child. Taking a leave of absence from school, Kenny returned home where he and Sharon got married. After their wedding, the couple returned to Utah where James had been attending college, but at the end of the fall semester, the couple returned to Independence and took up jobs, James as an electrical engineer and Sharon babysitting and tending shops. Sharon claimed to have had a miscarriage with the child that caused the couple to wed, but got pregnant again, and in the fall of 1957, she gave birth to their daughter, Dana. Everything seemed to be moving in a positive direction for the couple, but in reality, there were many issues behind the scenes. Sharon enjoyed spending money, and while James worked nights, she began to fill her days with shopping and then eventually turned to carrying on affairs. By the time the pair had their second child, Troy, Sharon had been carrying on a regular affair with an old high school friend named John Boldis. In early 1960, James was contemplating a divorce, suspecting Sharon was having an affair. James turned to his parents for help, telling them Sharon had agreed to the divorce as long as she could keep their house, child, and he paid her $1,000. Apparently, James was not the only one considering ways to get out of their marriage. John Boldes later admitted that Sharon offered him $1,000 to kill her husband or to find someone that would, but believed that offer was most likely a joke at the time. On the night of March 19, 1960, around 5.30 p.m., Sharon claimed to have heard a gunshot from the bedroom where her husband had been sleeping. When she entered the room, she found her daughter Dana sitting next to her father, holding one of James's handguns, and James bleeding from the back of his head. Sharon called the police but James was found dead before the ambulance could make it to the hospital. During the investigation, toddler Dana proved she could indeed pull the trigger on a handgun. In fact, 
Neighbors and friends claimed that James often let the girl play with his guns. Police determined James's death to be an accidental homicide, and Sharon went on to collect the $29,000 of life insurance on her husband. In April of 1960, Sharon went on to buy a Ford Thunderbird from a salesman by the name of Walter Jones. The pair began an affair, and a month later, Sharon informed the man she was pregnant. She had apparently expected Walter to leave his wife, Patricia, but instead, he chose to break off the relationship with Sharon. Soon after this, Patricia went missing. Jones filed a missing persons report and took to asking his wife's friends for help uncovering Patricia's whereabouts. One group that carpooled to work with Patricia claimed that she had received a call at work from a woman that wished to see her afterwards. The group then dropped Patricia off at a location in Independence, where they then confirmed a woman was waiting for her. Of course, Jones confronted Sharon, and she admitted to meeting up with Patricia and telling her about the affair. After, she said she dropped Patricia off at home. Walter did not believe this story, although Sharon stood by it and claimed her innocence. In fact, to show how much she wanted to help, she enlisted her boyfriend, John Boldis, to help search for Patricia. Conveniently, the couple ended up discovering Patricia's body, which had been shot several times and left in a remote area outside of town. Sharon was arrested for the murder of Patricia Jones after being questioned by police and was told she would be tried for the murder of her husband as well. The trial for Patricia's murder began in June of 1961, and due to lack of concrete evidence, Sharon was found not guilty. When it came to the murder of James, the case proved to be a lot more complicated. After three trials, Sharon was let out on bond, and before her fourth trial, she skipped town to Mexico with another boyfriend. Things went south for Sharon once again when she met an American tourist, Francisco Padreas Adornez, at a bar. After their encounter, the pair headed back to his hotel room, where Sharon claimed he tried to rape her, and she shot him killing Francisco and wounding a hotel employee who came into the room upon hearing the gunshot. During the investigation, it was discovered that the gun used to kill Francisco was the same one used to kill Patricia. Mexican authorities tried Sharon for homicide and in October of 1965, she was found guilty and received a 10-year prison sentence. She then spent the next four years in a Mexican prison, earning the name La Pesadera, or the Gunfighter. In December of 1969, Sharon was unaccounted for during roll call, and by the next morning, it was confirmed that she had escaped. Some believed 
She bribed the guards and escaped during an unexpected blackout the night before. Others think that the family of Francisco helped her escape for the pleasure of killing her themselves. A search was conducted for Sharon, but most believed that she would not return to the States and she was most likely making her way to Guatemala, now knowing Spanish fluently after years in Mexico. The warrant for her arrest is still active to this day, but Sharon was never located. La Pistolera is possibly still out there in the world, practicing the opposite of her namesake and lying low. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, Follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, Mamas. Mamas.